0: Well... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a great episode in store for you today. It goes without saying that downtown Spokane is cool, but if you're talking about why it's cool, you would be remiss in not mentioning downtown's beer scene. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be talking about beer. We're going to be talking about breweries. Uh, We'll probably talk about food a bit, because anytime you're dealing with beer, it's good to to mix in some food. This is sage advice. Uh, But we're going to be talking with two people that are right in the thick of the action, making it all happen. Uh, To my left here in the studio is Dave Basaraba from Mountain Lakes Brewing Company, owner and brewer dave thanks for being on the show
1: yeah hey, you're welcome thanks for having me
0: and to my right here is the director of marketing at brick west brewing bill powers bill thanks for being here hey, too Hey, great to be here hey so uh you know as i said downtown great beer scene i think personally i i don't think uh, that that's just a matter of my opinion we can we can dive into why that's objectively true but i just want to ask you guys to start why are breweries so popular why you know bars have been around for decades and decades but especially in the last decade breweries have been exploding i don't need to tell you this but what is it about breweries and tasting rooms that have really made them explode and changed the game in a way
1: i was hoping you would answer that (laughs) all right (laughs) when i opened there was 4200 about in the u.s there's nine thousand now you guys opened what Two and a half years ago? Yeah. Uh, January of 2020. Okay, yeah. So we were March or April of 2018. So just, it's just crazy how fast it's boomed.
2: Yeah, it's really crazy. You know what? Uh, I think that the reason why I think breweries uh, are really popular right now or are growing in popularity, I think you can get a little bit of the, a cultural essence of the city with it. I mean, even bars and restaurants to a, to a degree, but... There's something about having the product right there that you're consuming in that spot. And I think especially with these local breweries, you know, something like Brick West or something like Mountain Lake, like those that that's what I think people are attracted to. They're going, I'm coming there. It's like you're going to a bar and you're checking an artisan at the same time. And I I, I that, that's what you when you go to a new city, you're like. I want to check the vibe of the place. I go to a brewery. That's like one of the places I'll use to check off. Like, you know, like, and if I'm in a new town, what's what's this place like? Go to a brewery, and you kind of find out the vibe of a place. So I I think that's kind of something that I that I think about when I uh, for why breweries are so popular.
0: yeah i I mean i personally think there is that level of intimacy there too because uh you know it could be bars could just be selling craft beer it could be craft beer itself that exploded but it really does seem like it's the breweries themselves too that have really drawn drawn in an audience and so is that you know it dave what part of that do you like especially at mountain lakes of having your beer there but also having that kind of direct interaction with your customer base
1: i think it goes back to community uh my first interaction with beer really was I was 19, I was studying abroad and in Salzburg. And so I was in Salzburg, I was in Munich a lot on the weekends. Uh, My mom likes to joke that I'm surprised he got such good grades with the beer tour he was doing through Europe. Every weekend I was in another country tasting beers that are similar but different. And that's regionally, that's historical traditionally. Um, Why they brew the beer that way, why they've continued. but it really came down to beer seemed like this thing where, like you said, you get the vibe of the, of the city or the town that you're in by the group of people that's there and brewery people are the best people in the world. Like <laughs> everywhere I went, like you just try to speak a little German and they're like, ah, it's cool. We took two years of English and we speak it better than you do. So come on <laughs> right. over to our table, let's <laughs> hang out all night. Um, I don't know, I just met the great pe- greatest people there and I thought someday, if it's possible, I would love to have a little community center like that where people come in. They're not there just for the beer. Like we have regulars who come in, they know the other couple is coming or this or that. They kind of plan their trips. We kind of make them have to do that now because we're only open two days right now, still recovering from COVID. Sorry guys. But um, yeah, it's just, a, it's, we wanted to have a community space. You are, it is an experience. A brewery is more of an experience than it is just like you can get a beer. You can, Totally. Yeah. Especially like, Bigger breweries like Brick West and stuff, you can you can drink this beer at home. You can, you can get it in the supermarket. We're available in two markets, <laughs> so you have to like search it out. But you can enjoy beer at home. But people come to the brewery to enjoy it together. Yeah, there's something to that. Is as uh, you know, like if if you're not
2: like canned like Brick West is, and you're just at the at your spot or limited uh, distribution, there's something. V- there's something like very cool about going to a brewery and you're like I'm just tasting something that you can only see get right here you can only taste right here it's kind of like going to a, a local concert you're like oh this band's just a local band you like might you might be able to catch them before they're big you know yeah. kind of a thing you yep. know so there's that whole element of uh, of just being able to taste something that you uh, you're not gonna get anywhere else so that is some originality to visiting
1: breweries too which I think is like a real novel piece of going to breweries. It's like going to bakeries too. Like a really good bakery. There anyone can bake a of, loaf of bread, right? But you go to a bakery and you're like, "Oh, what a interesting take," especially like if you go to uh, the grain shed or yeah. something. And you're like, "Dude, this is like no other bread I've ever tasted. Like something something's going on here. This is their this is a cool
0: thing." Too. So how do you both from your respective breweries approach that in standing out even amongst breweries? How have, have you, How intentional have you been about kind of, you know, putting your own personality into it, or are you really trying to listen to what your customers and the audience is saying? How have you, how have you tried to stand out? I mean, you're doing a great job. You're, you're both, you got both solid locales, uh, but, but yeah, how intentional first. is that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if we're necessarily doing a, a great job of that. We always just fall back on the idea that we're, you know, Tim Hilton, my business partner and co-brewer, we just... We're two dudes that are trying to brew the best beer we can, beers that we would love to drink. And if you like them too, come on in. Like I, I don't think we're we do have one intention. We don't want to be a cover band. We don't want to brew beers that other breweries brew. What's the point? Right. Like we don't want you to pick up our pilsner and be like, that tastes a lot like Brick West Pilsner. And we're like, good job. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> yeah. like, that wouldn't be the point. Um, yeah, so take our own take on it. A lot of it a lot of it can be done because we use hundred percent local malt at mountain lakes. So, uh, I know that there's, there's reasons that breweries don't that are valid too, like, uh, scale, scalability and, and availability. Um, you design a flagship beer that's going to be on the shelf regionally. And then all of a sudden that Pilsner malt that you brew with is no longer available. Well, that's going to screw your business. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So we have, we have a benefit of being small in that, in that respect. And so we we buy 90% of our malt from link malt. Um, where was I going? I lost my, I lost my <laughs> yeah. Chances. No, yeah,
2: but uh, yeah, to your point is like uh, what differentiates is like you you don't want to be a copycat. And yeah. so there is um, I think Brick West has been trying to be an intentional in that uh, being uh, having a lot of German style beers and making that a part of the um, part of the the character and a part of the aesthetic of the brewery is make, like our Pilsner that actually not a ton of breweries that make one of their flagship beers a Pilsner. It's not
1: really, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. Doesn't that say a lot to the industry too, just to pop in right now, correct that we're getting away from. You've just got to have IPAs. You just got to have really good IPAs to compare, to compete with that guy's really good IPAs to compete with that guy's really good IPAs that you can put a craft Pilsner on and people accept it now is just so amazing. It's refreshing like breakfast pilsner <laughs> oh, <laughs> director of marketing here, whatever. <laughs>
2: no. Okay. So, but, but yeah, exactly. It's like, um, the, the industry is slowly changing. And I think in a good way is that, you know, uh, one of our seasonals is our, uh, get right Goza, and, uh, we do like a pineapple guava version of it. And that's like one of our best sellers when it hits the stores, uh, here regionally. And I think that's awesome. It's not just, uh, of course we have our flagship ipa and everybody has one of those and it's really good but
0: saint helens and brick by (laughs) brick yeah you
2: know so uh we do we do love uh, the ipas but we've made a point to try to have a niche in that uh in a german style beers and just kind of lighter stuff we have tons of just lighter beers and i think that um i think that aesthetic and that that culture that we're trying to bring into Spokane and everybody else does a really great job of it too, but we just want to, we just don't want to be, you know, 10, you know, if we have 12 taps and 10 IPAs and two, you know, and a couple light beers just for the people, we actually really have a pretty diverse portfolio of beers when you come into the tap room. And I think that's, that's something we're trying to do to stand out a little bit, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I'm glad you guys brought that up because I, I wanted to ask about that because IPAs have been, it's almost, it's, it's, it's taken such an arc. It used to be like, you know, the real, the purists and the, the connoisseurs started to love IPAs and then it really exploded. Now it's almost cliche that maybe your favorite style is even IPA. So, but now, you know, it's getting so nuanced now. You've got your West Coast and New England, hazy, things like that. So where do you anticipate beers going? Are do you, Is there another style that's due up to kind of explode in that way and, and might get nuanced or is it just trying to innovate the IPA game or, or to your point, Bill, is it just a matter of trying to deviate entirely and just, you know, make something mm-hmm. different? Dave, I, I don't know if what you're doing too at Mountain Lakes that, you know, are, are you letting kind of the people dictate some of what you're trying for? Is it purely just making what you want to make?
1: Well, we're lucky because Tim and I are often there at the tap room behind the bar. So we get, direct feedback from customers uh another benefit of being small in my opinion if a beer's not pushing through you can you, you don't have to speculate as to why you can be like oh what could we do to that beer to make it better and sometimes the response is just don't brew it <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> okay yeah there's just not enough people that like uh you know a double Roush beer.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had right. anything you were passionate about that just, just completely flopped? No, everything, everything I do is everyone loves it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Always a slam dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had, of course we have. We've re, we released, um, I think o- over 90 different beer flavors since we opened because we get to jump around. We don't have to run a hundred barrel line of, you know, so there have been, yeah, the Roush beer is for sure, uh, one that went some people loved it either loved it or you completely hated it and that's fine we have enough tap handles that we can do stuff like that though too so it doesn't really bother me if a beer as long as it's not getting old and uh, you know a dark a heavy dark beer is not gonna you know uh, phase out too quickly that's a nice thing you can keep a, a stout or a porter on for a little bit longer than an ipa that might start to oxidize or right yeah totally
2: i don't think um I, I, I don't think we've had to, I, I actually don't know if we've had any like real big misses or anything, but uh, it's but it's fun to have a diversity of beers, you know, and not to be, if there's one beer that, uh, that we've done that I think might be a trend a little bit, it might be like cold IPAs in that uh using you know having like that that kind of mix between a lager and an ipa so you get kind of that hop essence but it's a little bit lighter with that you know that lager yeast kind of uh, vibe yeah it's and lighter I think it's crisper cool. i love yeah. that i really do and i think that's like because everybody's trending towards kind of lighter because if you think about 10 years ago everybody's like how how much hops can we pump into an ipa and how bitter can we make this thing just so you you, you're just tasting like this it just tastes like a pine
1: tree when you're drinking it you know and uh, we'll put six pounds in for an hour we'll put five pounds in it for another 30 minutes we'll we'll just pack this thing full of hops and and some some breweries did a really creative job where you're like oh yeah that's that's i see what they did they weren't just packing it hop forward but we get you know I feel like the last four and a half years, we've still been kind of educating the beer community here. Um, we're sort of, we're, we're downtown. We're kind of off the beaten path a little bit. Um, we don't have the neighborhood support that some of the other breweries would get. We don't have the population density yet in that area. Um, although there's an apartment building across the street that's now available for leasing. So if you want to get it, Oh, is uh, it, is it, is it fully <laughs> built out now? Not fully done, but, uh, they're starting to lease it. So Rivers,
0: uh, Riverside and Brown for everyone. Yep. Anyone out yep. There. <laughs> Riverside and Brown. Yep.
1: But, uh, I think that in many ways we're, we, we, sh- we love to educate people. We love to be like, Oh, you know, this beer originated in this right now we've got the Alpen beer on, which is a, uh, uh Berliner Weiss traditionally, a pretty low pH tart, Sour beer served with a, a sugary syrup. They use Woodruff in Berlin, and then in other parts of the world, they've started to try raspberry and apricot and all this stuff. So if you get a good syrup, a little bit of syrup, ninety percent beer, it takes the tartness away. People are always like amazed, like, "Hey, check this out! It's a sour, and now taste it with a little bit of this syrup. Unbelievable, crushable beer." And I think like yeah, nice. th- that you can get a, a cool, true to style lighter crisper beer and people are still like oh yeah it's still craft they don't we used to get people that walk in when we first opened and be like um you just have one ipa on are the rest of these craft as well (laughs) like as though ipa was a delineation or like a mark of craft beer and we're like actually IPA is just one style of a million (laughs) right exactly (laughs) yeah
2: I mean, that's, that's like the, tr- I'm, I'm hoping that's the trend of craft beer in general is like, is, is, is not so much of, I, I mean, I guess for a while, it's still going to be heavy on IPAs, but sure. I mean, I, st- I love going and trying out new beers that just aren't IPAs. You the know? second or third
1: time you come into mountain lakes and you're still ordering a pale or an IPA, I'm going to be like, try this, try this, try this annoyingly. Just no, here, right. try this. And then they're like, Oh, what is this? Oh, this is a Maybach. You know, traditional brewed in the spring, double barley, double hops, Bach Lagerd. Oh, this is amazing. I'm talking to you, Dave Bowers. <laughs> That's all he drinks now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, what drives your decisions then to to make the beers that you do, or to, like you said, to diversify that? Is that just is that in in response saying IPAs are getting out of hand? We don't want to do that, or is it just because you have a personal passion for that? Where does that kind of come from?
1: We definitely err on the side of personal passion because we're not like collecting a huge amount of data. Like I, I don't know, you guys probably have spreadsheets and stuff that you look at because you you just have data. You have right. you have way more people involved, more cogs in the machine, uh, from
0: marketing to uh, production to distribution. So, well, yeah. I, I'm curious to get both your take on some of these breweries now that are are kind of making hard seltzers, or in some cases, ciders. Uh, How do you guys feel about that? I mean, it's certainly there's now a huge market demand for it. Is that something either of your breweries have discussed? Is it something you're willing to do? Are you the kind of purists that don't want to sort of concede and give in to that? How do you you feel about seltzers?
1: Tim is the purist, and he took a five-week vacation with his family uh, last summer, and I brewed seltzers while he was gone. And they are fantastic. Uh, I really like a seltzer, man. Uh, If a seltzer's brewed right... and it's crisp. It's refreshing. It's a totally different thing. As long as you're not trying to make your seltzer taste like beer, I don't know. Right? Yeah. What's yeah, the, we, what's the I problem? Mean, we with
2: occasionally it? make seltzers at Brick West and and it's. Uh, I, I think there, I think there was a time where it was very like, uh, uh, where breweries, really did not like seltzers, and, um, but that's also, that's that's just really changing right now. I feel like. Let's make seltzers and let's try to make them craft seltzers. Let's try to make them quality. Let's try to innovate them. Let's not, no, no, nobody that's brewing a a seltzer, small brewers, I think anyway, and not, not for us. We're not saying like, how can we make truly, you know, you know, we're not just trying to do that. We're saying, how can we innovate? How can we make something that people do want? And how can we make it something that has uh, its own unique characteristics, something that speaks about the culture of our brewery and something that is something we can be proud about? It's not just... uh, we don't want to have a, a seltzer just be something that we like, oh, shucks, I guess we have to do it because everybody wants a seltzer. No, how can we make a good seltzer? And that that's quality, that represents the brewery and the aesthetic of the brewery. And it's something that we can put out and say we're proud of this seltzer. And I, and I think we're doing that. And, you know, we're gonna, we, we're, we've been developing some seltzers and we brew them every once in a while. And we're going to continue to do it. If People like seltzers. It's OK, you know.
1: Yeah. I think it's a good option for, I have had two beers. I'm a little bit full. I need something crisp and refreshing. It's, it's, it's great to switch over to that. Um, I think the non-alcoholic options that are coming out now, the hop teas and the hop water and all that stuff, it all fits. If it's, if it's done, if it's done to chase craft, it's done to fit within your portfolio, shall we say, then I think it's worth it. Jeff Clark at precious things fermentation, changed my mind about seltzers i went up there and i tasted his and i was like wow it's got sort of a white wine essence to it um it's not made to be purely clear and sparkly bubbly like you just you know it just had good all around it was sparkly it was refreshing it was there was a craft flavor he had you know chosen his fruits and stuff to put together with it and i just changed my mind completely i said oh you can make a craft seltzer and so then my eternal competition with jeff clark started and i said i will i will make a better pilsner or i make a better seltzer than jeff clark a pilsner and, seltzer sorry <laughs> make a better seltzer than jeff if yeah. you're listening jeff I still
0: hate you. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, he's coming for you. Um, that's interesting to hear, though. We, I, you know, I had a chance to talk with uh, River City's head brewer, Chris, and uh, he was kind of articulating a very similar thing. He noticed people were coming in asking for seltzers. There's people who were coming into a brewery that at the time only was serving beer, but they were still there and they didn't re- they weren't interested in beer. And so right. he was kind of just saying, you know, at, at a point they realized rather than just buying Trulies and, and reselling them that they might as well kind of dig their teeth in and take their own twist on it and so they did they came up with their own process the the technicalities of it are a little beyond me suffice to say that they're doing their own thing Mm -hmm. and i think that's uh really uh, like an interesting kind of fun thing because now we found a new avenue
2: I swear I don't know if you've seen this, Dave. What, what there was a brewery I thought that was mixing seltzer and beer. Did you see that? Okay. No, I, read I that. swear now, was, I've is that seen that here in town. No, not here in town. Oh. I feel like I just it was like I was scrolling through Instagram and looking at breweries, and somebody's
1: like, "It's a seltzer beer or something," and I'm like, "I mean, I'm kind I don't of even okay know with what that is. I'm uh, I'm, a, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of okay with it. I have to just see it or taste it. Shandies love shandies, right? Uh, those are usually table blends of 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 like a lemonade and a beer and it works fine with me um uh, radlers that's right. usually like a lemon lime or a grapefruit soda um we're brewing one right now for the summertime uh you make your own soda you make your own beer you put them together in the bright tank you package it all together it's i i Where, don't see any problem I, I, where's the line where's the line for you can we 20 percent with- oh can only be 20 percent so no <laughs> <laughs> I don't, okay. I don't know. I don't know if there is a line. Can you start putting wine there into hard be, seltzer
0: and, oh. then, and then call yourself a brewery? Oh. Or that? I think they do that at bars already. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do that at breweries.
1: <laughs> the uh, I, don't, I don't know if there is a line. I think I, I'm constantly impressed because I never. So I was 20 years old and tasted sours in France. And I was like, that's weird. You wanted that horse blanket like flavor <laughs> in there? Flavor in there. <laughs> <Right>? Interesting. <laughs> I'll never have another, right? <laughs> but what they've done with sours nowadays, people kept coming in and asking us, when are you going to brew a sour? When are you going to brew a sour? And I'm like, when I can figure out how to brew one that I like. And, you know, I mean, we toyed with it and played with it. and I kind of, you know, we're control freaks, Tim and I, as brewers, and we're like, if you're going to do sours and do it well, uh, Iron Goat does a great job of this, um, where they have a whole sour side you got to have different equipment and you got to, you know, control that bacteria so that it doesn't show up in your pilsner that you're trying to make dry, crisp and refreshing. So there's that fear that it contaminates what we're already doing. And then there's the fear that if we completely let this wild ferment, how far until it's in our opinion, not enjoyable. So I don't know where the line is, but people keep blowing my mind because I hated sours. And then a guy like poured me, uh, the green zebra from, Oh, is it? I can't remember who makes it. Is it Fremont that makes green zebra, the mm. watermelon sour in the can? I think so. Oh. I can't remember. Do we have a technical
0: staff? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <we're> gonna, <laughs> We'll Google that up, but we we'll got our producer Brennan to, to fact, check, fact check the whole episode.
1: That's the one that changed my mind on sours. I was like, look at that. It's so well controlled. The pH it's tart. It's bitter. It's refreshing. It hits the back of your tongue like a sweet tart and then it dissolves away
0: or it's founder's. Found it's it's founders. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, totally founders. Founders. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. It started with an F. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Seattle, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, all the same. Yeah, totally. Uh, so you know, we've, I've kind of already said this a few times, but breweries—they—they they have exploded. There, we Common Language just opened up in the spring yep. in downtown. They're—you know—they're popping up even in downtown. How, are we close to a saturation point? Or how how much more can we handle? Where where, where do you think the direction is going here? Is there just going to be a culture shift kind of in the quantity of breweries we have now, or are there just going to be more and more? No, oh, maybe. I mean, like,
2: I, I, the thing is, is as when if a brewery can be a small brewery that that can just produce enough for its local neighborhood then there is no real limit i don't think on how many breweries you can have i i, I mean like when you get into like distribution side then yeah there's only so many you know there's only so much, you know, space on the shelf kind of thing. So that there's like two distinctions there. I think a, lo- a local community, a town like Spokane, a city like Spokane, you could have a brewery every four blocks. And uh, it's just if it's just an extension of that neighborhood, then you can have tons of breweries, you know. And uh, so I, I don't think there's necessarily a limit. I think maybe, I don't think Spokane has hit a saturation point per se. But at some point, I I, I did think at the rate at which some breweries open, sometimes I'm like, I want to be careful that it's not. I remember like in the, I don't know, early 2000s, late 90s, it was like a a coffee shop or a coffee drive-through coffee stand, like every three blocks or something. And eventually there was just too many of them that wouldn't hold it. So, I mean, obviously just on like a... Market reality, there's only so much space, but I don't think we've gotten there yet. I think
1: the only thing that differentiates the coffee shop model and the brewery model is that there are striations within this industry. There's Brick West, there's Yaya, there's Lumberbeard, there's Iron Goat. You know, River City. Those are the those are the production houses. I'm sure I missed a few, so I apologize. But then there's everything down to me, that's like brewing three to five barrels a week and right. selling that out of a single tap room. Uh, me and Bottle Bay, um, Precious Things, uh, For the Love of God. And then there's breweries between Our stration and, and Brick West. You know, you've got um, Bellwether, uh, definitely a contending midsize brewery. Right. But they also subscribe to the neighborhood model. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the only difference there is that, well, when I, I grew up in Portland, you had everything from like the new old Lompoc to Widmer Brothers. And you went to each one for different things, you know. You go into Lompoc to see what crazy, you know, hundred plus hopped, uh, hundred plus IBU beer he came up with this week, and is selling right. for two bucks a pint on Monday. I mean, there's no reason why a uh, uh, your local bar can't
2: just be a local brewery in the same way that you don't say like, well, what's the saturation point of restaurants? Well, because you know what I mean. Like the mm-hmm. a restaurant is bringing a specific character food style, aesthetic, and, uh, you know, like experience experience. And so there's no reason why breweries can't be the same thing. I mean, there's probably for, you know, every brewery that opens up, that's just one, like just regular bar that didn't open up. Maybe, you know, like you just, mm-hmm. just create a brewery and then even cideries or at some point there'll be
1: seltzeries probably, you know, and then I think it's a good thing. I, I, yeah. I yeah. think, yeah. So you look a, at, you look at like, Housing prices and and uh, gentrification. I know that's a terrible word. People hate it right now. But breweries yep. bring value to neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and then restaurants come in, and apartment buildings come in, and things happen. And there's just yeah, I don't think we're gonna reach a saturation point. I think we'll reach a saturation point to how many breweries as big as request or right. as big as like in Hood River they have. Um, oh, I can't full I think full sale? Full yeah. Thanks. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what's I'm in this is there alcohol yeah. in this? i can't even yeah. think <laughs> full sales what 100 barrels a week or 100 barrels every three days um yeah i think there's a saturation point for that sort of thing but right yeah like we're
2: saying there's a distinction between the you know like a, a craft brewery that's you know supplying a neighborhood and something that's trying to do distribution. Like that's kind of a yeah. its own thing. But
0: yeah. On a similar note, what is what is the dynamic or the community like amongst the breweries then, especially just say, for instance, like Spokane and a community, you know, of that size, uh, do you guys all kind of know each other? Are you rooting for each other from a business standpoint? You're naturally competitors, but I mean, you know, around Spokane, how is it? Do you guys yeah, I think, get along?
1: Do you? Oh my gosh. The brewery scene, I mean, there's a reason why I wanted to have a brewery. The customers are amazing, but the affiliate breweries are, I don't know, man. I've never been in an industry so collaborative. Yeah, totally. Like, I'm not, we're not competing. People come in all the time and they tell me like, oh, I love you guys because you're so small and I don't drink blah, 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 insert name here. Um, And I'm like, well, you should drink blah, 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 because they're awesome. And, uh they bring a lot of attention to a really thriving beer scene here. Um, there's nothing wrong with the product they produce. Uh, but I, I like, I see where you're coming from. It, it was complimentary. I get it. They like the little guy, but we wouldn't exist if they didn't exist. If no lie didn't exist, if like we, right, wouldn't, right, we wouldn't. Yeah. yeah I, I
2: always think, uh, you know, the people that are, you know, I only have, I only go to these small ones or, yeah. Or like your local, um, I get that I, that's it seems to me that's the same way when I was you know growing up and somebody's like I I, I don't like I don't listen to like the big bands you know like yeah I, it's kind of like once this they sign like, you know, a major like, record deal yeah you're like oh <laughs> they got too big I'm, they're not cool anymore because uh you know they're not on an indie label exactly anymore. and it's like uh yeah you know, I guess I kind of get that but I don't understand like it, the, either the music in in this analogy the beer is good or it's not and it's okay uh and as far as all the other breweries around here i love them you know like i i i don't i don't have any animosity to any brewery i think it's fun to have we have uh you know the grain shed's about to put in uh, a tap room right by us uh uh, and golden handle who is right by us is moving uh, just a couple blocks away and so now we have just within like four blocks of brick west there's like seven breweries now, including us. Mm-hmm. I think that helps. I think that makes a, that's a corridor for people to say like, oh, I just, I'll just pop down. You can pop downtown and walk around less than a mile and visit 10.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome. You know, yeah. like that's mm-hmm. so cool. So, it's so great uh, for yeah. tourism too. I mean, exactly. We're so close to the, uh, grand hotel and. You know, five or six other hotels, the convention center, when it's popping off, uh, we get so many people walking in being like, Hey, I've never been to Spokane and, uh, love your beer. Where do we go next? Like, and over the last four and a half years, where you go next has been a longer and longer list. Mm-hmm. And now we just hand it to people. We're like, right. <laughs> with, a, we, we give them a little blurb of like, these guys are good at this. And these guys are good at this. And these guys are known for this. And right. What do you like? Uh, people come in all the time. What should I drink? That is the hardest question. What should I try? I have no idea. I've never yeah. met you. Yeah. What do you like? <laughs> do you like, tell me about you a yeah. little bit, you know? And they're like, Well, what do you like? And I'm like, Well, on Thursdays I <laughs> I prefer right. soured fruited sours. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean it's a shameless plug here, but we do um
2: at Brick West, we have uh, we do a, a couple of beer festivals with uh, all of the breweries that are like really close within our range. That's like Iron Goat, Golden Handle, Whistle Punk, and uh, River City. And we do these. And now that way, the Grand Sheds coming in, and Common Language is right there. So we don't we don't think of them as competition. They're enhancing our neighborhood they're enhancing the beer community and so we we, we do co- collaborative beer festivals with them and I, I i just think it's great you know and everybody so we get a, we get along great with all of them and uh, the the collaboration that we have with them is just super fun these beer festivals that we do it's great you know
0: all right and for our listener uh, just earlier that was bill tapping into a second pilsner so we're gonna let him get through that and then i'm gonna ask you again how you feel about all of the other breweries and see if, it yeah.
2: see if uh, yeah. we'll have you start naming names. I'll be we'll fawning more over, over them. So. We're just trying to
0: shut
1: everyone down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're coming after you.
0: <laughs> uh, so, you know, you guys are, are both kind of relatively new um, brick West. You said 2020 opened up mountain lakes was 2018. So, you know, not even, not even the five year anniversary coming up, but even in that relatively short time, how, how have things changed at both of, your, your respective breweries have, have, you know, what, what have you seen change in just how you go about operating the business or what you're brewing?
1: Well, and Bill's been in the scene for longer than he's been with Brick West or since Brick West has been open. So, right. I mean, he has more uh, information than I will, but I've just liked the fact that people walk through the door with more of an excitement for trying new stuff. I think when we first opened, we had one IPA and it was an English IPA and we got basically torn a new one for like you guys just don't understand. Like you have to have like four IPAs. Right. Like, oh, we didn't understand that. Sorry. We'll we'll make some more. Um at, nowadays we get people coming in like, dude, what is a Maybach? What is a you know tell me about an Oktoberfest or whatever it is. Right, totally. in that sense, the the culture of craft beer is is
2: changing and and you're right, like back like I would say like 10 years ago, it's just like, how many IPAs can you get? How better can you make them? How like, it was all, can we keep our beers over 7%? Yeah. It was like, it, it needs to like. be 7%. Can That's the IBUs true. be uh, can you get them close to a hundred percent
1: or like a hundred IBUs or something, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I felt and like that they, was the they felt like if you're using, if you're making a lot of alcohol and you're using a lot of hops, then it is a value to, for me to spend, you know, that's cr- Yeah, totally. I mean, the, the, there was a long time where it's like,
2: well, you know, a Bud Light's four and a half percent or whatever, and uh, but this IPA seven, so it's more bang for my buck. But now the culture is is like, is people are more educated on craft beer in that they understand that this is uh, this is this is a craft,
1: you know. Um, and so the, they come in. The yeah. breweries popped up and made a concerted effort to break down the gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. Like come in here, try this stuff. You know, like this is 31 flavors. How many pink spoons until they run out, you know, like just <laughs> right. try just Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Try everything. This is, this is what beer is about. I think. And that was happening not only in Spokane, but regionally and nationally as well. I think so. It's just spilling over into a city that's on the verge of another big boom. I mean, people are migrating here left and right. So that speaks volumes to how cool a city Spokane's turning into and how open our arms are to people. Like, yeah, there's no gatekeeping. It's not, you don't have to be cool. You didn't have to listen to Coldplay before they were cool. You You can come have a beer here and you can ask a question and we will not treat you like an idiot. Like, I think that's all part of it. I think Spokane's pretty authentic and they can kind of, they kind of push people away that are inauthentic.
0: That's I think that's what I like about the culture of, of beer too is that accessibility it's not wine where you need to have the pinky out and you need to know about fruit tannins and 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 all that. It's you right. can just come in and get a flight, yeah, and if you like it, you like it, yeah if you don't move on but yeah. but you guys are providing options and that I think that's a great thing and yeah yeah totally um so. I, I want to ask you guys now. You, you have a lot of faith in your product. We we have some Brickwest Pilsners on the table right now. Uh, if you could each just take one of a, a beer from your respective breweries and pair it with a food from another downtown restaurant, what 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 kind of pairing would you make? What would be your favorite like beer and downtown food combo, excluding any of the the food or or even popcorn you might have? <laughs> uh, yeah, outside at our own
2: place, yeah, yeah. Outside uh, of your own. That's a good roof. question.
1: I would. Uh, See, this is the marketing guy in me. I would have a pint of St. Helens with the um, uh, chicken wings up at the Park Inn because those are always available. <laughs> We're always right. on tap at the Park Inn uh, with St. Helens. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's a pretty good combination there.
0: I like that. Bill?
2: I'm trying to think, you know, like uh, uh, this is my own, like, personal. I love uh, Versalia Pizza. Oh, yeah. I just think that's, like, one of the best pizza spots here in town. And, uh, I it's gonna seem a little too on the nose but just a slice of a slice of their like just like margarita cheese pizza mm. with a pilsner uh, especially in, with summer here. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. I think that's money right there. You just, yep. you're sitting down, you're out on your patio, having a Pilsner and having a slice of their pizza. I, I just don't think you can get better than that.
0: Those are the simple pleasures. That's yeah, a classic. Right? I respect that. Absolutely. Um, so just more on a personal note and, and on a note of downtown, but you guys, you know, both work and exist, you know, your breweries exist in downtown, but what do you guys personally like to do downtown or where do you like to go? I mean, uh, you know, you said there's a lot of love for the breweries. So obviously hopping around the the many options there. But what else do you guys like to do?
1: Oh, I just love walking through our front park. Anytime I feel like sometimes I feel with the curtains drawn and I'm brewing downtown. I'm in a cave. I'm oftentimes uh, alone brewing and transferring beer and all this stuff. And I'm like, I just got to get out and go for a walk. And I'll just walk down and walk through the park. Sometimes there's some food truck going on or something. Mm -hmm. And I'll. Yeah, I don't know. I just love our park. I am so stoked for Riverfront Park, the makeover they've done, and how it's transformed into the living room of our city. I don't know. I just love it. I couldn't agree more about like the the Riverfront Park thing, a shameless plug. like we have
2: uh, Brickwest does a run club on Tuesdays, and so on Tuesdays we go, and most of the time our runs go through Riverfront Park. and it's I'm always I'm always uh, I'm, I'm constantly reminded how beautiful it is to have a park like that in downtown. In a downtown metropolitan city, that's that that's that accessible. That's that's pretty. Has a river going through it with waterfalls, bridges over those waterfalls. That's uh, it, it's something that uh, if you've lived here most of your life, like I have, it's really easy to just say take that for granted. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, totally. Like that that whole that the what they're doing with Riverford Park is is great i'm excited they got a dog park going in pretty soon like oh. they got a lot of good things going on and i love the park and yeah so yeah.
0: that's awesome so just looking forward you know what what's can you guys give us any teasers or things kind of maybe on the long-term horizon for each of breweries what's what's what can we expect from mountain lakes we're gonna that? take over brick west
1: uh, 2025 <laughs> and here's <Right>. how <laughs> <laughs> no uh we're hoping to recover from COVID and get back into a sort of expansion stance uh you know a scalability stance like let's you know the the concept is working we love the beer that we're making um the brand is getting out there uh yeah it's time to it's time to do something but i don't know what that is i've got a few irons in the fire um i'm a very patient guy so like if I, it, we'll see what we'll see what you know, comes down and actually works out for us.
0: And can I ask what, how did that kind of emerging from the thick of the shutdown go for mountain lakes? What did you have to, you know, obviously everyone had to do their, their pandemic pivot. What did that look like for you, for you guys? And, and how is how are you kind of reemerging out of that?
1: Well, the first year that was supposed to be three to six weeks, uh, (laughs) we were like, we're like, we'll do prepaid punch cards. We'll open one day a week. We'll just fill growlers for people. And then this will be gone by summer uh yeah that's what i I told my girlfriend in uh in 2020
2: like it was february march right i was like uh by summertime this will be over
1: way gone two years later you're just like "Ah." you know but yeah we pivoted we we got grants we laid off folks that we you know that were you know luckily we're so small we didn't have people that were depending on us for their livelihood i mean what a lucky place to be i uh you know wouldn't want to be in the shoes of a lot of the the larger businesses that were like, these people they need to make money or they're not going to pay their mortgage or their rent or whatever. Right. Um, so we had that. Um, we have an amazing, we had already been around a little while. So we had an amazing mug club and we had enough of a brand awareness and we had a huge community of beer drinkers that were like, we will make sure that the breweries survive. So it was just amazing. We were open Friday afternoons from like, I don't know, three o'clock to whenever the last growler was filled and we didn't stop pouring. And it was like, whoa. We started out the pandemic yeah. going, let's just make enough to pay the bills and and we'll be fine. Dude, people blew us out of the water. That's and then cool. winter, winter came around and it was like, you can only have people out on the patio. And we're like, okay, we'll get some propane heaters. We'll build a little trellis. We'll get it all covered. It was 14 degrees one night. Everyone was out there in hoodies and uh, stocking caps and drinking beer and i was like this is amazing like it's 14 degrees and you're sitting on our patio so that we don't go out of business that's so cool yeah. i love that, that, that was that was rad i mean for us we don't know uh
2: we don't know what it's like to operate a business outside of coven because <laughs> it's january of, the- of 2020 i mean like so we had what one month
1: you know the end of january it's a good so thing you opened. guys it's a good thing you guys prepped really hard in that one month. <laughs> yeah, right. It yeah, paid yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Worked real hard in that one month, right? Yeah.
0: Hit the so, ground sprinting, yeah, now, the yeah. Yeah.
2: Now we're coming out of it and we're and we're seeing wow how much how much legs Brickwest has with that. I mean, one of our biggest pivots that we had to do is um is we started canning a little bit sooner than we were planning on because when all the restaurants closed down and you're like Oh well, we have we have this capacity to brew, and we want to we want to get that out to people. Well, if they're not going to be in restaurants and bars pulling pints off of a tap, then where are you going to go with it? And so, putting it into a grocery store was you know, and in canning it was where we needed to go. As far as what's coming up, one thing I'm excited about is we have another. Uh, like i was telling you that one of our really popular releases was the pineapple guava goza that we do Mm. and so we're doing another variation of that it's a seasonal it's the it's a peach a peach goza that we're putting out and that'll come out in another like month or so and that's really exciting. We're pretty pumped on that one. That that's sounds like good. summer to me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Totally. It's a summer vibe beer, a hundred percent. And like eight IPAs, right? Yeah, and yeah, those, yeah, yeah. You those know, it's just, those just like, we're going to close out. Uh, we have 15 handles, 14 IPAs, and then peach,
1: peach, <laughs> and then peach <laughs> yeah. all or nothing. now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at the onset of COVID, we had a refrigerated cargo container full of beer that we had been brewing to start doing more wholesale. And then I was like, oh, crap, what are we going to do? And then mm-hmm. Crossroads Mobile Canning from Hood River came up, and we started canning and labeling, and that became a lot of fun. A um, few months prior to COVID, we were like, should we order glass growlers again? No one uses glass growlers. We don't need those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one benefit is the, the growler thing is back again. Like, people are coming in and filling growlers on a regular basis because they got used to it. We, had, we have one couple that um, every Friday, it was like five or six growlers, and that was their beer for the week and it was yeah i don't know that's, that's a cool. good thing people are still coming in and getting growlers and we do can on demand and that's you know been helpful too. but i think it's neat to see the growlers because i grew up with the growlers right yeah
0: yeah well gentlemen i uh i appreciate you taking the time coming and talking with us before we go though i just want to give you guys both a chance to just give a, a plug for your breweries things you guys are doing because you know like we said it, you're not just slinging beer Dave, you've got Wheat, Wheat, Don't Tell Me. You can tell us about that. Bill, director of marketing. would love to hear all the things that Brickwest is up to, too. But Dave, uh, you know, tell people what they can expect if they come to, to Mountain Lakes on yeah, that so, evening. Yeah,
1: so we're a tiny little tap house. We You know, we kind of feel like a little English pub, kind of feel like your living room. Uh, we've got, you know, the best popcorn in town. Um Way better than Brickwest's <laughs> popcorn. Um, it's, it's about that salt ratio. It's a, yeah. That's a science yeah. too. Don't yeah. give away too many secrets. We <laughs> use butter and salt. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, we're Tiny Little Taproom. We do a, a podcast every third Thursday, and it's uh, $6 beers all night. Um, it's called Wheat, Wheat, Don't Tell Me. It's on iTunes and wherever you are listening to this podcast. Um, what else? We've got some summer stuff coming up, construction going on in front of us, so... Come down, support us. You uh, are open. You are open are through open. that. If anyone
0: yeah. sees some road closure signs on Riverside this summer, they they're going to be there a while, but do know everybody on Riverside is open and ready and waiting for you.
1: Yes. There's hunt down the street. There's uh, you know, everybody's putting their best foot forward. We're going to get through this. If we can get through COVID, we can get through a little road construction. Right. Um, right. yeah. What else we got? I don't know. Um, we have a beer for every taste. So come in and taste every beer.
0: I love it. I you, are, you are genuinely one of my favorite breweries to go and have a flight at, just like we were talking about. It's, it's the variety, the, some of the experimentation and it, uh, just doing a lot of fun things. So please, please keep up the good work on that. First. Thanks man. Yeah. And uh, jalapeno
1: lime cucumber should be on tap in about a, a week. So, uh, that's a big one I know for a lot of people in the summer. So yeah, uh, that sounds good. <laughs> oh, it's good. With tacos. Oh my gosh. I haven't, oh, I haven't so sold, money right I haven't sold yeah, that to totally. a restaurant yet, but I've been trying. I'm being like, you need the perfect taco beer. This is like salsa beer. It's like so good. Uh, I, I just I had to, to I, Yeah, I'm just hungry now from
0: <laughs> you saying that.
1: <laughs> Can we get some tacos in here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: tacos. <laughs> uh, Bill, what's going on at Brick West these days? Uh, you know, at Brick West,
2: uh, we have, uh, we do a lot of uh, community events because we have that big plaza that we have. So uh, it's not, that's, a, a, you know, secondary to the, we have the beer, obviously, but that that whole plaza area we have um what do we have coming up right now
1: how did you work that out you know they that was
2: actually sticklers before before about
1: time that was before i arrived so i don't okay. know exactly how yeah, they're they usually they, such sticklers about where beer can be served and can't cross this line and this that and it's just it feels so like free like McMinniman's in oregon yeah they do totally. a great job of you can drink this beer anywhere on our campus. Go do it. Absolutely. I have a lot of people, they come
2: in uh, to Brick West and the, uh, the, they actually say something like, I feel like we're like in Europe, like in Germany or something. Yes. Like it's just this big plaza and everybody just drinks. And, yeah. And it's. An escape order might it's just roll through.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, and, and it's great because it's like you have, it's kid friendly. The dogs cut, you bring your dogs. And, and what we do uh, right now, a couple of plugs I'll throw out there is we do have a, a we have a, a, a market that we're doing there, it's the Brick West Monday Night Market, and so we have different food vendors, produce, artisans, and they come in every Monday, five to nine. And so, it's can we really set fun. up a tent and sell Mountain Lakes? Yeah, for variety, yeah, just variety. Yeah, they're gonna be mostly selling popcorn, actually. <laughs> yeah, <something. laughs> yeah, it's secret recipe popcorn, right. <laughs> Mountain Lakes be popping. So, uh But yeah, so that's five to nine uh, on Mondays. And that's really fun because there's not uh, any market in town where you're just walking around with a beer (laughs) and shopping. And so that's kind of
1: a fun thing. And uh, maybe you guys will be the front runners to bring that sort of thing from Europe over here. I would like like that. Walking around with a beer is not dangerous to anyone. I've rarely seen Mm -hmm. anyone try to get their children or their dogs Drunk. <laughs> yeah. I, I,
2: so far in the, in the amount of time I've worked there and seen the plaza with, uh, you know, ha- being able to have kids there and you can dogs, I that. haven't seen somebody like pouring beer down a dog's
0: throat no, or anything, you know, it just, it just hasn't happened no. yet. <laughs> the most part toddlers are basically already drunk little people anyway they're just yeah, stumbling right, around yeah. exactly yeah. mumbling so they don't need it they don't need right it. We, we as adults <laughs> do yeah exactly we we want to be more childlike that's why we drink a beer so yeah we can exactly relax and yeah Excellent. Well, thank you guys so much for being on here. We appreciate it. Uh, You know, folks, go check them out. Brick West in the booming West End neighborhood of downtown Mountain Lakes on the other side, still walkable very much. So Uh, like we said, on Riverside, Riverside is open. Mountain Lakes is open. They've got great beer. You need to drink it. Uh, so thanks for coming on. Check them out. If you want to know more about stuff going on downtown, make sure and check out downtownspokane.org or follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Downtown Spokane, where we're posting about all the fun and exciting things happening. So thanks a lot, everybody, and you have a fantastic rest of the day.
1: Thanks a lot for doing this. Yeah, thank you.